Welcome to the Visegrad Insight Podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. Hello, thank you for joining us on the Visegrad Insight Podcast. Uh, my name is Galen Dahl, and today I'm joined by Ivan Naji, a Budapest-based political journalist writing for the leading independent Hungarian news site, Havoge, and very proudly also our fellow at Visegrad Insight. Uh, Ivan, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me, Galen. Thank you so much for calling me on the show. Oh, excellent. Um, okay, so we kind of want to get right into the meat of the matter because there's quite a big topic that we're going to be asking you to break down for us. Um, when the news broke over the weekend that uh, Katalin Novak was resigning as the Hungarian president, um, I think many were in the international community were kind of caught off guard um, as the events were developing rather quickly. I was hoping you can kind of break it down for us. Um, what's been happening recently and what has led to her resignation? Well, it's not been a long process, so I don't think that the international community should be ashamed for not, not keeping in touch with the whole story because, frankly, last week has been one of the busiest, it's been one of the busiest weeks of, of our lives as journalists, or at least in the, in the Orban era. So how did we get here? I'll try to explain it very briefly. In the middle of the whole controversy is a parole decision made by uh, President Novak. And the funny thing is that the controversial parole decision was made in April 2023. I believe we're going to touch on why uh, it became a story now. But the point is that she had given presidential um, presidential parole, presidential pardon uh, to a certain Endrek K, who was convicted for being a pedophile accomplice in a in a um, in a legal case. So what happened was Endreke was the deputy at a foster home in Hungary. And the and said foster homes director has been um, has been jailed for for repeated sexual offenses against children in that foster home. And Endreke's role in this whole story was that he tried to help cover up um, cover up one of the testimonies of one of the victims. And um, and basically, the whole story came out on the 2nd of February on a Friday when us and a couple of other news outlets have received an email from a lawyer who has found out um, that Endrake was appealing his, um, his, um, his case at the Supreme Court. But, and, and he failed the appeal, but it didn't come into effect because he received presidential pardon. And that's when things started to unfold. So that's when we started connecting the lines. What was this case? How did Novak give him pardon? How does the whole kind of system of presidential pardons work in in Hungary? And this is what boiled down to her resigning because this was such a contentious issue that it broke through the wall of propaganda for, for Fidesz voters as well. And the government had no other option but to... I'm going to say to make her resign, but obviously we're going to delve into it in greater detail, but she had no other option but to leave. And it's also an important detail that it's not only her who resigned, but also former Justice Minister Judith Varga, who retired from all public duties because she at the time was the Justice Minister. She resigned in July last year for a different different story. And... Um, 
And she was the one who had to sign the presidential decision to come into effect. So she was also uh, she was also the part of this, and she also had to uh, had to retire from from public offices. Okay, so going into the a little bit of the background here, um, what role does the the president play in Hungarian society? Is it significant or is it more ceremonial? Do they actually play as like a check and balance on the government? Um, how are they? What what is their overall role? The question you're asking is very fair when you're trying to inquire about a certain country's political setting. Knowing Hungary's situation with political leadership, it's not going to come as a surprise for you uh, to find out that it's a ceremonial role and nothing else. Uh, there's very few technicalities that uh, that the president has to get involved in. Basically, they have to sign all legislation made in the government, uh, in, in the in the uh, parliament but they don't actually have veto power. They can delay it by sending it back to the chamber or sending it uh, for, a, for a legal check to the, uh, to the constitutional court, but they can't actually hinder any kind of lawmaking. They're also formally the leader of the Hungarian army, and there are some minor other roles, such as the, such as the right, um, right to pardon people. Uh, they can either shorten prison sentences or 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 cross them out entirely or they can end ongoing trials it has to go through a lot of legal barriers in the way as i said it has to be so it's proposed from the court it has to be then forwarded by the justice minister to the president and at that time the justice minister can either signal that yep they agree that this parole decision should be made or they can they can leave it blank and that kind of suggests that it shouldn't be the right way to um it shouldn't be the right, it wouldn't be the right thing to to give give this certain individual a pardon and then um then the president can sign it and then it returns to the justice minister and then it comes into effect so no it's not a significant role but in novak's case and i guess we're going to go into her political character later but it was a much more exposed role that she was assuming than her predecessors well this is exactly going to be my follow-up question um uh, to see exactly like how okay how exposed she was you, you've kind of she was just much more but i want you to go into a little bit more detail if you can but also well, how, how popular was she in Hungarian society? Um, I think, I mean, everyone, I think, will know about Viktor Orban, but many people didn't know her. And how did she counterbalance his image of being uh, a rather tough guy in the EU? Right. It's not easy to come to a common judgment about any single person in Hungary, I guess, apart from Dominic Soboslai or other sports people. So in the case of, of Katalin Novak, what is, all, what is true that she has had a much more positive reputation I think across the board, definitely amongst amongst Fidesz voters. So her political character, and I'm going to refer to her politics as a political character, because she never really had too much of too much independence to act on her own. So do like such as any other uh, politician under under Viktor Orban's rule. So what made her special, right? She is young compared to the rest of the government. So she's 46 years old, was 44 when she, when she became president. And she has been around the government for almost ever since Orban came back to power in 2010. She's been a advisor for, for ministers. And then, and then she's taken secretary of state roles. And, and, and the most important was that she was a secretary of state for, for family and youth. 
and and from 2020 to 2022 she was the minister for for uh, for families and when i'm talking about families in the context of the orban regime this is the well known narrative that we have we have seen this kind of family friendly I'm going to say welfare populist narrative where the family is the center of everything and is the basis for financial um, help from the government. And it's also the kind of uh, umbrella term which which pulls together anti-pedophilia narratives and, and of course, anti-LGBTQ narratives and all of this conservative um, whatnot that the government is representing. It's all under the same umbrella term of families. So from an independent point of view, Novak's involvement in this was always a bit controversial. She has gone out and in 2020, she said that it's fine for women to earn less than men because their fulfillment doesn't come from success in the workplace, but it comes from being able to care for others. And, it's, and she has had a very exposed role as a female politician but not for the things you would ex- you would expect a female a young female politician to be exposed for in the 21st century i'm not sure if you get what i'm trying to say so she's had this kind of reputation that she's she was the perfect woman in in orban's worldview and and when she came into power it is true as you've mentioned that she was the the friendlier face she was the good cop you know she visited kiev she she had a meeting with zelensky she's given an interview to independent news outlets so she was portrayed as someone who's you know who kind of sees that there's a division in this country and acts as someone who tries to tries to heal these wounds in the in the on the skin of the country in reality, she was the extension of Viktor Orban's government, and just a bit, you know, a bit less, um, a bit less angry and a bit more smiley, but not too different when you when it when it comes to the matter. So it's it is interesting, and you bring up the fact that uh, you know a lot of her positions were involved with the family and the youth, and how the Fidesz regime has kind of. Uh, mixed the messages between uh, like anti-pedophilia with anti-LGBTQ plus and how uh, they, they continue that. But now how this relates to the, the, the current scandal, we need to know two kind of critical you know figures. So who are Janos V and Andre K? We do need to find out a bit more about them to understand the story, but I believe at this stage that we are at right now, it's not the main priority anymore. It was during the last week. So we are talking about a foster home in a town called Bichke, around 30 kilometers off, off Budapest. And at the time, this was a big, big scandal. Um, and it turned into a big scandal when the victims started speaking. So the abuses happened from 2008 to 2016. And it was in 2016 when uh, when some of the victims went to court, some of the victims testified against uh, the director, and some of the victims went uh, in front of the cameras of the media. And and it all turned into a a a, a trial, and and they all went down in 2019. Uh, the the ugly part of the story is that, uh, and this is where Andrea K comes into part, uh, is that when uh, one of the one of the victims testified against the director, Janos V, as you've mentioned, and he was dismissed from his position, then then the ex-director uh, has reached out to the cousin of this victim who was still living in the foster home to try and charm uh, the, the victim who testified back to the institution. This cousin was the only known relative to him. And 
And, and the point of doing so was for him to take back his testimony. And this is where Endrake comes into the question because he asked Endrake, who was fully aware of the of what was in the testimony and what he was um, uh, and what the director was doing. Um, Endrake wrote a full testimony in the name of the child saying that um, nothing that he has specified as sexual acts had ever happened and he's been under the constant influence of drugs and he was not thinking clearly and the point and the plan was for the child to come back sign this and then i don't know probably the director could be reinstated because the testimony was no longer there obviously this didn't happen the whole thing went to court and went to uh jail uh, the the uh director went to jail i think for eight years in 2019 and Endrake was sentenced for three years and four months, and he's had uh, he's had a less than a year left from his um, from his sentence when he was uh, pardoned. Now, when we think about pardons, uh, the cases you know we're, we're thinking of you know miscarriages of justice, um, uh, like, but it, it's 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 difficult to fathom the circumstances where the president Novak could justify this pardon. So how did she how did she justify pardoning Endrake in this instance? We didn't know much about it during last during the whole of the last week, and informations are coming out here and there at the moment. So the the important thing to understand here is that Novak is not an independent actor, and and no one really in this government and in 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 the circle of Viktor Orban is an independent actor. So. Pretty much the role of Novak was to sign whatever that is in front of her. Um, obviously, in this single, this doesn't make it better for her. She she has signed this document and, she, and then the justice minister has signed this document. What we have heard, and there are allegations about this. I'm going to say allegations, but it's quite straightforward. That she's, that the, that Endrake's pardon was, um, was lobbied for by someone very close in her circle, a former a former minister in the Orban government who is now the head of the Lutheran Church in Hungary, Zoltan Balog. And and in the beginning, Novak was Balog's um, uh, advisor, and now as president, Balog is no well was Novak's advisor. They had a very close relationship all throughout. And what we've heard is that. This might have been the reason that she was pushed to to sign this document. And one other thing that is also very, and also yeah, and and why, and 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 the reason why um, Judith Varga, the justice minister at the time, countersigned it is that in Viktor Orban's government, you don't really have the power to say no to something that's happening above you. Anyway, what's also very important to note in this story is that the reason why this whole thing didn't break when the pardon was given in April 2023 when the Pope visited Hungary and it was the instance for which uh, Novak paroled 22, uh, pardoned 22 people, is that legally you do, not, you do not have to release anything about these decisions. The only legal um, legal thing, they the only thing they have to do legally is release the number of the, the pardons that were given in a given year, if someone asks. But you never have to go out your way and tell who did you pardon, why did you pardon them, and, and who they were. You don't have to do any of these. And this is the whole thing 
uh, which is really contentious in this story, is that we don't know what else is behind this whole thing because we've only find out about this from the Supreme Court document. It never would have come out otherwise, and Novak never would have stepped down otherwise. It's all, she only stepped down because the people found out that she pardoned a pedophile accomplice, not because of the fact that she did it, because it happened so long ago. This is a, this is a very interesting point that I think we have to kind of make very clear for people is that um, so basically, Andre K. Uh, I want you to correct me or, or at least go into a little more detail. But Andre K. basically appealed his case to the Supreme Court and then lost that appeal, if, if I'm correct. And then in the but but before the ruling was finalized, he was pardoned. Is that correct? Is that what kind of? Yeah, occurred? he was. I'm not. I'm not entirely. And I'm not hundred. I'm not hundred percent sure about the minor details in this story. But he was already detained when he was appealing, and the supreme and and tried to appeal the supreme court. As far as I know, the supreme court uh, has has still had the verdict of him being guilty. And but couldn't enforce this because in the meantime the presidential pardon was given. So that so that's how people found out, and that's the crucial thing because there was the uh, there was the court the court case was ongoing in the Supreme Court, so they had to note the fact that he had been pardoned. Otherwise, this would have remained secret. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it would have no trace. Yeah. And that's that's a crazy concept when we try and think about it in modern societies or you know democracies or even you know you know failing democracies, but but the, the, the lack of transparency um, that is kind of occurring within the Orban regime and the government is 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 just, it's difficult. But okay, so now that, all right, so we, as you've kind of, uh, I think, outlined very well is that, you know, Varga as well as Novik really don't have a lot of power or control. So then the question has to be made, are they just being made as scapegoats for someone else that's making these decisions? They have been made scapegoats, but not for the way... But, but not the way you explain it. So they cannot be made scapegoats for someone else because they were actually the people who signed these documents. So there's not really anything to blame on them. They did these things and it is morally and politically the only right thing for them to do. But what's really interesting in this story is that even though we have a justice minister who is... Presumably, since we on paper live in a democracy, should be a strong and independent actor on their own. And we have a president who is legally above the whole of the lawmaking in Hungary. So there is no control over her virtually, no control over what she does. She oversees the government's work, but the government doesn't oversee her work. What is really interesting is that they have been made scapegoats in the way that the government made this whole story about them the two of them whereas as i've explained through all throughout our conversation it's a much much bigger story we have we have a government independent where actors independent from each other all take part in a pardon decision of a pedophile accomplice but only two people take the fall it's very hard to imagine that victor Orban didn't know about this thing happening because Viktor Orban knows about everything that's happening, or he didn't know about it, and that's why he has to strike down on these people because they acted behind his back. But what's what's fascinating in this is that every single scandal that any of the political actors had in this regime, virtually the past 10 years, 
could go unnoticed because it wouldn't go through the wall of propaganda. It wouldn't penetrate the news world that the fetus voters are living in. And they could just go on and stay silent about it and not say a word or just deflect it or, or blame it on Soros, blame it on the opposition, blame it on Brussels, whatnot. In this situation, we have a government whose main narrative, who's had a child protection referendum with full of lies on the ballot, is turning out to be someone who's protect or, or an entity who's protecting a pedophile accomplice. And this did go through the veil of propaganda. This did go through this, this propaganda barrier. And it's it, it run through the whole country. It's reached every segment of the country as much as they didn't want them to, uh, to reach it. And this was the point where they had to make this about Varga and Novak. Because if they make it about someone else or leave them room to explain themselves, they would have made the whole government guilty in the story because it is the whole government who's guilty in this story. And the and not just the story, but the fact that it could happen. So the reason why Novak and Varga are scapegoats is that they have to take the blame and it has to be about them because in reality, it is not just about them. So this leads me to perfectly to my next question. Um, and this is kind of where things are really heating up. Uh, it would be shocking, I think, for listeners, like you've, you've walked us through what's been going on for the past week, but actually the last 24 hours have even gone uh, uh, even heater, even hotter. Um, so last night, Varga's ex-husband, uh, they separated last year, I believe, uh, Peter Magyar um, went on the popular YouTube channel uh, Parzan and railed against Antal Rogan. Um, now, this is where we need to know a little bit of backstory. Like, who is Antal Rogan and what is his relationship to uh, Magyar? All right. Now it's going to look a bit like a theatrical play when I have to go through the <laughs> go through the characters. But okay, we've got we've got. Right. We've got Katalin Novak still, and we've got uh, Judith Varga. Katalin Novak, ex-president, Judith Varga, ex-justice minister. And we've got Peter Magyar, who, is, who was the husband of, um, of Varga. And uh, what's also very important to know about him is that he has been, he's a lawyer, and he has, uh, he has, had, he has held a couple of positions in, uh, in state uh, corporations, for instance, the Center for Student Loans, or um, or he has filled some sort of uh, advisor role in, uh, or a board, he had a board chair in the Hungarian Public Roads Company. So all of these companies pretty much close to the fire. And he has been, he he always claims that he's a, um, he's a true Fidesz voter. He's part of this, you know, uh, the nationalists, the, 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 the right in Hungary. And because of their marriage, and Varga came into the government in 2018, he's had a very good look on what is going on behind uh, the scenes. A, because of Varga herself. B, because he himself has had ties to the government informally through friends. So ministers, commentators, analysts who are very close to Orban's inner circle, they are all his friends and he has had regular conversations with them. So let's take him as a credible figure in this story in the sense that he has seen things. And let's end his credibility here. And I'm going to explain later why we've, we have to be cautious. And then we've got Antal Rogan, probably it's a, it's a close competition, but probably the most uh the, the most harmful Rogan in, in known to mankind. Um, 
we've got him who is the who is the de facto propaganda minister of Orban. On paper, he he um, he leads the 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 cabinet. Uh, and and he also leads the um, secret service. Basically, he's the puppet master behind the behind the propaganda machine. If you see that one single message is appearing all across broadcasts, written and social media, it's because he has given the instruction for this to happen. And we know there's clear evidence for this. Wow. So these are the people that we have to know. And now I'm going on to the story. I'm going to be very concise. So Peter Magyar, uh, husband of Varga. When the whole uh, resignations were happening, he started posting on Facebook that people should not be afraid to step up because this is the point where he has to admit that despite his affiliation with this political side, enough was enough and enough was enough of Rogan. And he has explained what I've explained uh, in the in my previous answer, that it is Rogan who is puppeteering this whole thing where they kill off people so that the whole project can stay alive. and. Um, and he has gone on Partisan. It's it's one of the most followed YouTube channels in Hungary. It's it, in some form it's it's left wing blogging. In some form it's 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 actual media, but it has very good reputation in Hungary for being a platform where important people go and and talk and have interviews and talk about things in great detail. So he's gone on to the Partisan interview, had a hundred minute interview there, and explained that. It is, and explain this whole story of, of, of Rogan and Orban trying to keep the younger people out of power, such as Novak, such as Varga, because they want to centralize it, because there's an inner circle to Viktor Orban's government, and decisions are not even made in a cabinet, but it's made in this inner circle. And Peter Magyar happened to have friends in this inner circle, and that's why he explains that he knows. And he's also explained, which we have known to some extent, that he's had his fallouts with with Rogan. And Rogan has gone on to dictate how he can manage his his divorce from Varga so it makes the least possible turbulence in the media. And he has had his fallouts because Rogan and the government was pushing for one company to sign for all communication campaigns by all companies. Uh, let me just clarify here. It is a huge, huge media conglomerate owned by the friend of the son of the national bank, and he's <laughs> a billionaire because he's the one who's getting all the all the public tenders for for communication purposes, communication campaigns across the board for politics, for public companies, for everything. And he was trying to debate the decision to have a contract signed with them when he was leading um, the student loan company because it was overpriced. And then he was called from the from the ministry uh, from the ministry, and and he was told that if I were you, I would sign this. And a lot of the times, what he explained that. Varga has had her fair share of scandals in the past couple of years. You might have heard about the Pegasus scandal. It's the phone hacking. It's the surveillance scandal. Or you might have heard about the Werner Shadow case, which was a huge corruption scandal across all levels of government, um, where the... Um, I'm not really familiar with the phrases here, but... Um, 
basically what was happening is we have the well, help me out with this uh what do you call the, the uh what do you call those people who execute uh decisions by the uh made by the court so let's say take away property uh, or, or or bailiffs yeah i i i think so uh basically the leader of this was uh was uh, giving out the positions across the country for for pocket money, and his had ties to the ministry, and and all, there were all of these legal networks, Levels and all, yeah, and it went all the way up to Rogan, and both for Pegasus, which was, which we know was target, which which we know came from the top because it targeted independent journalists. Both for the Volner Shadow case, and I'm sorry for uh, I'm, I haven't prepared for this part, and I'm I'm not really familiar with the words. Um, both for the Volner Shadow case, where it, the, the the ties went up to Rogan, and both for the uh, for the pardon case, it was Varga who took the blame because she had to take the blame because no because Rogan and his ministry are always monitoring. Uh, the country very meticulously, and they saw that it is the best for them to have the smaller act to take the fall, as because it doesn't reflect on the government. And this is what he was explaining that he is the puppet master, and, and he also explained that the country is being sold out to the hand of a single family, and we very clearly know that the family in question here is whose. Wow, wow! I mean, that, there's 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 a lot. Uh, I, I wish we could go. It's into a lot to process. Detail. I'm very it's sorry. A it's a lot to process. <laughs> but it's, basically, what he explained is that Rogan is behind this whole thing, and the country is yeah. being sold out to the top of the government. And, and, and it's he's amazing given to, direct answers. Yeah. No, but it's amazing. We're trying to think like you know the the rationality he's giving that the 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 smaller person has to fall. In that case, it was Varga when she was the justice minister, and in this case, it's the president that has to fall because anyone higher. It's it's just a it's a fascinating way to uh, for him to kind of say. Okay, my last question, and it's it's this. Uh, I just I have to get it out. I I, I feeling like I know your answer, but I'm gonna have to ask it anyway. It's a massive scandal. It's hit you know all across it's gone as you said it's 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 permeated the propaganda bubble uh that fidesz has created and meticulously kind of developed um will this eventually hit orban and fidesz in any way directly i'm going to answer this from three perspectives let's look at the core fidesz voter base the ones who consume nothing but propaganda it's 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 we we assume that it's a 1.5 to 2 million people. They have built up a very good narrative to explain this. They said that, well, you know, people make mistakes and in Fidesz and in the government and in the national um, side of the political spectrum, there are consequences and they did the right thing. Whereas on the political left, no one is ever, uh, there are no consequences. No one is ever taking the blame. And this is the narrative. It's probably going to work for these people. Where they might lose because of the Novak case is those who who are unsure of Fidesz voters, but usually had the but usually voted Fidesz on election day because a they received money in some way or another. Well, Fidesz doesn't have money now to 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 just uh, spend on votes, or b because. They had families and Fidesz was coming up with all of these messaging and actual financial aid for families. And when you have a pedophilia case coming out at the top of the regime, if that you voted for because of its family policies, it sure will cost you some votes. Luckily, general elections are only in 2026. By that time, I think the effects of this are going to be minimal. 
The interesting thing is the third part and what I've explained very chaotically because it's all chaotic and I'm not doing a perfect job at this. It's the, it's the Peter Magyar, uh, it's the Peter Magyar uh, scandal. Neither for the Novak resignation nor for the Peter Magyar interview has any members of the government responded. From Orban to the smallest ministry to the smallest secretary of state, it's been complete and utter silence since 5.30 p.m. on Saturday when, when uh, Novak televised her speech. It is more than probable that they are trying to figure out, monitor the public, how much has gotten out into their realm of this, and they'll come out with a way. Peter Magyar has gone out and said that, well, you know, they're going to come and attack me. They're going to say that uh, I'm, I'm a leftist, I'm a Soros person, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the enemies, I'm not. I've been a part of this, I've seen all of this, you know. So it's going to be an interesting thing. I think, though, is that while the Peter Magyar scale might be enough to mobilize, mobilize people who have been disenchanted in this regime because there have, there have been no consequences for anything, it might be able to mobilize people. I don't think it's going to break through and cost Fidesz actual votes. And what's also very important to know, it only works as a good mobilizer if there is someone to mobilize behind. And as usual, the opposition has been lagging in the response for this haven't really come up with a collective strong campaign which highlights this across the country and makes sure that it stays visible for those who live behind the wall of the propaganda. So let's put it this way, anything will only have an electoral effect, thus any effect on Viktor Orban's government, if there is a political actor to make it cost for them. Right now, we do not see it happening, but as you've mentioned and as I've explained, we are in very tumultuous hours and anything can happen and anyone can become a whistleblower, as we've seen. I do not believe it's going to be, you know, a, a, a snowball effect and it's not going to be a chain of events which bring Orban down. But for sure, the past week has been the most hurtful for this regime, probably in the past five or ten years. Uh, thank you, Ivan, very much for joining. I really appreciate it. Um, you've, for everyone listening, we're going to put a link to uh, his great explainer that we released over the weekend. And uh, listen, and we'll be talking to you guys very soon. Thank you again. And thank you so much for inviting me in the show.